Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of No More Mondays. As always, I am your host, Angie Callen. Failure. It's such an icky word, but it's also a part of life. And that said, we can learn a lot when things do not go our way. And perhaps the cliche that you don't ever really fail, you learn, is true. I tend to think so, and so does Stacy Wright. I can't wait to get into this conversation because Stacy has a really inspirational story, and she and I have some kind of shared experiences when it comes to where failure can unexpectedly take us. From a wildly successful multi-million dollar business to rock bottom, Stacy's failure helped her move forward. After building that business, she lost it all, her business, her marriage, her success, and I'm guessing a whole lot of confidence. But like many people, she turned her mess into her message and through these unfortunate events came back with a vengeance. She's changed her own life and now she's helping do the exact same thing for others through her work with CEO Essentials. Here to help all of us surrender, redesign our worlds, and ease the pressure of today's society, help me welcome to No More Mondays, Stacey Wright. Stacey, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. And thank you for that fantastic introduction. That was really nice. You're welcome. I, as soon as I can't remember how you and I got linked up to kind of have this conversation, but as soon as I saw your story, I was like, absolutely. Yes. Because we really like to talk about how people navigate career crossroads and just various challenges to really move themselves forward. And this is of, you know, a very big one of those stories and being able to talk to somebody who's willing to share those vulnerabilities with others can just be so insightful. And it really helps people out there know, like, you're not the only one going through tough stuff. And your life doesn't have to be as perfect as what social media tells us it is. And so let's dig into this. I think it would really help everybody out there to just get a little bit of this backstory. So I guess walk us up, you know, walk us through the the events that led to the turning point and, and kind of put you in the place you are today. Okay. All right. Awesome. I was, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I've had five businesses over the last 20 years. Business number three was by far the most successful that we, that we had. It was a product-based business. It was a patented product and we sold it across probably 37 multi-chain retail stores in the United States and 37 other countries, built it up to a $5 million company from zero to $5 million living the life at that point, all the dreams had come true, right? We're living on the lake. We've got a, a boat at the slip and all the, the things that I ever dreamed of having. And then we got hit with a lawsuit and it was a severe lawsuit and it, it drug out for probably a good six years total when all was said and done. And that lawsuit ended up costing us everything. And so at that point, I mean, it was a slow demise. It was a 10-year loss process that we went through because we lost the lawsuit. Then we had to pay, you know, millions of dollars. And then we filed bankruptcy, restructured, tried to hold it together. Then the divorce happened. Then we we couldn't hold it together at that point. So then it all just fell apart. And so it was a really, really harsh reality to face. For for a long time. 
mm-hmm, for yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long time. I think it's really interesting. So here's something I don't think I've shared on on No More Mondays, but my husband Jim and I have a little bit of a parallel story. We had a, a business endeavor. I, I'm also kind of a, in hindsight, I realized serial entrepreneur. And somewhere in the middle of there was this business we purchased that ended up being a big disaster lawsuit, chapter seven for both the business and us. Uh, fortunately, ours was more of like a two and a half year process, but we also went through that point in time where we just wouldn't let go. And mm-hmm. so the idea of like, we can make this work and we probably should have cut our losses earlier. Um, and then that idea of like, okay, well, can we restructure? What do we do? How do we salvage something? Mm-hmm. And just wanting to hold on so tight so mm-hmm. that there was something left from the mess really yes. kind of probably made it all drag out further. Yes. I think I was probably a bigger clinger than you. And and so it lasted for 10 years instead of two and a half. Well, you also had built, you know, we didn't build it from the ground up. We bought it and it was a steaming pile of, you know, on, but, uh, you also built this from the ground up and it was much larger than what we had. So there was probably a little bit more to hold on to and try to work with, but, uh, there was also so much emotional connection to what you had built. It was absolutely devastating. I remember there were times that I literally laid on my bedroom floor and just bawled and sobbed because it, this entrepreneurialism is in my blood. And it was my dream to have this kind of company. Like it was literally everything I'd ever hoped for. And then it was being like ripped away from me. And it was, it was like losing a child. It really was. There's a lot of very um, visible outcomes, negative outcomes to this kind of stuff, the financial ruin, the relationship Mm -hmm. situation, but there's a really big mental, emotional aspect to going through something like this that can be very, very hard to recover from. And I would I would just love to understand how you navigated that. Mm, you are so right about that. It is a lot. And I at first it was a bottle of wine and then been in Jerry's every night. And then I realized pretty soon after I started that trend that that was not sustainable. And, and you know, if I didn't want to be a 300 pound alcoholic, I had to figure something out. And so at that point, I really started um, take, trying to take care. I was in survival mode. It was survival. So I would, I found hiking. For me, walking out in nature gave me a respite. I found volunteering in my community. That was the one of the things that would take me out of my own misery that I was in. And so I poured myself into service. And I, joined, I was the president of the PTO. I, I was at the homeless shelter feeding people. I was on the Child and Family Guidance Center board. I was on the homeless teenagers. I mean, like literally threw myself into service. Whatever you could do. And it was really, it was, let's call it, it was like a distraction mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. It was survival. It was like, I need a break from all of this. And that was the one way I found that I could get out of it. So I went through that and I really turned inward. Now I'm one of those people that I take responsibility for everything. So I'm over responsible, which is a blessing and a curse. The blessing is I take responsible for everything. So which means when something goes bad, I look at myself, where can I change? Where can I be better? I let every adversity refine me. Where it can be a curse is when you have, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody who takes advantage of that over responsibility and takes no responsibility. But because of the the fact that I took responsibility, I was able to refine myself in a way that I never would have been able to do without that level of adversity. So I, from this perspective, looking back, you know, hindsight's great. I would never want to go through that again, 
but I would absolutely walk through it again if I knew I would be sitting where I'm at today as a result. It's of so, that. I think people look at you and go, you're just saying that. But I honestly say the exact same thing. Do I wish for the history? Would I ask for the history that we went through to get where we are at today? No, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say, hey, please let me have this again. Right. However, I wouldn't have the the blessings. And I I'd also don't think I would have the self-awareness, self-respect, and a lot of the things that you get when you're kind of forced, you're just like ripped raw. And yeah. you've got to evaluate a whole lot of stuff about yourself when you go through these mm -hmm. kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And it gives you, I think, a new perspective on yourself, uh, thicker skin. You know, when you go through big things like losing a $5 million business, all of a sudden when your mom's mad at you, it ain't no big deal. Like it's right. like little life things just kind of like roll off your back after yeah. you go through these big, big things. Absolutely. And you're in, in, I know for me as an entrepreneur, my, my level of tolerance for risk is now a lot greater, which could be a blessing or a curse. Now it's like, okay, bring it. What do you got? Yes. It frames how you, and especially because you're working with, you know, people who are either CEO entrepreneurs or running businesses, risk is a huge aspect of what they're doing. We're going to get into more about CEO essentials in a minute. But I've, I've said the exact same thing. You know, when I work with, you know, entrepreneurs or people that want to shift into entrepreneurship, my perspective on starting a business is completely different after going through a failure because ironically, ours was also a product-based, high overhead, high mm -hmm. cost business. So there's like, it's just a lot of money to keep it all afloat. So like my whole perspective on business changed after that. Mm -hmm. Um, and with and with risk and everything. And it's it's probably for the better because you've got more experiences in that arsenal to to use and also advise others. Absolutely. That's for sure. For sure. And going through something like that, you really learn about yourself as well. Where do I shine? Where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? What do I you know, what can I what can I focus on? What do I really enjoy out of that mess? And then you can make yourself better because of going through something like that. I think you also become more comfortable uh, with the weaknesses and oh, more accepting yeah. of your own weaknesses yes. to the point that you're like, okay, I'm just not good at that. And I'm going to be okay with that instead of mm -hmm. self-conscious about it. And that's, mm -hmm. that's healthy. Cause then you can really play to your own strengths. Right. Right. And well, and when you have things, you know, ripped away from you like that, it does, it does do a number on your ego and it does a number on your self-concept and who am I and what am I about and what's really important in my life. And it, it causes a whole shakeup. Everything gets shaken up. I think it's funny that uh, you said hiking is uh, is was one of your coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of like the the outdoors and how it can be so healthy for us. Mm -hmm. Mine was fly fishing. I was like you. I'm a I'm an emotional eater. So it was like uh, I'm just gonna sit on the couch and I'm gonna eat and I'm gonna binge watch. TLC and HGTV. And Jim says to me one day, I'm going to, I think you should come out and you should fly fish. It'd be really good for you. You'd really like it. And it was like meditative in a way that it was like a healthy distraction to go mm -hmm. focus on something else. Kind of like that service. You got to channel your energy towards others. Mm -hmm. And I think just, you're not really consciously doing anything to get over it, quote unquote, but just over time by redirecting that focus doing things for others and combined with just the natural reflection, all of that's going to provide, you just, you start to really heal. 
Right. And let's be real. People say, oh, with time, it'll be fine. You know, just it's just it takes time when you're going through a grief, grieving process. It is time. So during that time, what do you do with yourself? And so those are the things that you can do that are kind of a distraction that just allow you to get through those times. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode of No More Mondays is brought to you by Athletic Greens. As many of you know, I live a very active lifestyle here in the Colorado Rockies, and I'm also gluten free. So I started taking AG1 because I wanted a quick and easy way to support my gut health and my immunity. I also love a good routine and AG1 makes it easy to get my daily dose of vitamins. I just pop a scoop in a blender bottle, shake it up, and I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and superfoods during my 22 minute drive to CrossFit. The bonus, not only do I feel great during my early morning workout, I sleep better and I have more mental clarity, all without breaking the bank because this is just $3 a day. As a climate neutral certified company, I can also feel good about that three bucks going somewhere meaningful. We're partnering with Athletic Greens to make it easy for you to stock up. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I think that we were talking about this before we came on. And I think this is a good, a good time to like drop it in here is that it was, it does take time, but also I think it's what you do with that time can also impact how that process goes. And if I think if you choose to do whatever constructive activities you can manage, then it will push you towards the positive outcome versus using kind of being idle during that time Mm -hmm. and kind of falling down that slippery slope of being almost a victim to quote Mm -hmm. unquote what happened to you instead of leveraging your circumstances for the better. Right. Which kind of takes me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is when did you really realize that this created a perspective that could help others? And when did you step into your next business? Oh gosh, that was, it's such a beautiful story. And I love, I love talking about this because it's so organic and it's so available to everybody. And so what happened for me was I read the book by Michael Singer called the surrender experiment. Have you ever read that book or heard about it? No, but it's going to go in the Amazon cart when we're done. (laughs) Yes. So I read that book and it completely changed my life. So he was, he wrote this whole book about in an early stage of his life, he decided he was just going to surrender to life and see what life brings him. And so he turned, it turned out he was entrepreneurial. I don't even know if he knew he was entrepreneurial, but from, you know, that was right when the computers came out and he loved, like he was drawn to the computer for some reason, he started a programming business and like built it up to this, this um, multi-million dollar public company. So he had this enormous journey and it was all in response to what life brought him. And he just followed the breadcrumbs one day at a time. And at that point in my life, I was beat up. I had, like you said, tried to hold on for so long and tried to make it work for so long. I was depleted. I was depleted emotionally. I was depleted mentally. My confidence was in the toilet. Like it was all just, I was starting to ground zero. And so when I read this book, it resonated with my soul. And I thought, I have nothing to lose. Like, I'm going to go on my own surrender experiment. And I remember telling a friend and she said, well, maybe I should do that too. I'm like, well, wait, let me try it first. Let's see if it works first. Let me vet it. Good idea. So, so I went on this journey and then, um, not too long after that, I learned about human design. Have you ever heard about human design? Oh yeah. 
wow. So I got this blueprint of how I'm designed uniquely designed to navigate life and energy and, and how this works. And so I went out on an experiment. It was surrender and human design. And I was just going to see what life brought me. And so literally I was responding to, to things that came across my path. So I was talking to a group of friends that were um, entrepreneurs. They were also business owners. And we were talking about how lonely it is being an entrepreneur. We can't talk to our neighbor about the risks we're taking or the fear of not making our $50,000 payroll on Friday. You know, we can't talk to normal people about this stuff. And we decided we were just going to start sitting down together and talking about this and helping each other. And so I, we started at my dining room table there was four of us and we spent the afternoon together and each person got an hour of the group's time and we would work on each other's businesses together. And after a year of doing this, we were all completely different. Our confidence level had skyrocketed. Our businesses had multiplied beyond what we imagined they would. The direction of our business, the clarity that we had was unbelievable. And so as I'm watching this and I'm looking at these women and we're all completely different, I wanted to do that for more women. I felt very, very much like our world needs more women empowered to do their businesses. And I think if we're doing it from the heart, we can do things a whole lot differently. Um, the whole world will be different. So I wanted to expand it and do it with more people. So we, I expanded the group to 12. And so we did that for a year. We had 12 people. We got together sometimes for a whole day, sometimes for a half a day. But we would get together and help each other with our businesses. And all 12 women had the same experience a year later. And so at that point, there was a fire lit inside of me. But here's something that interesting that happened during that time. So about six months into the 12-person group, I was out walking one day. And all, I mean, like at that time in my life, things were starting to fall back in place. Like there was still some stuff falling away, but things started falling into place and it was very synchronistic and it was very fun and it was very exciting. And everybody was watching because I had 12 people watching me go through this process and I couldn't articulate what was happening. I'm like, I don't know how it's happening. I'm just in surrender and these things are showing up. So one day I was out on my walk, right? My mile and a half walk that I do every day. And all of a sudden I got this download. I call it a download. It wasn't anything earth shattering, but it was all of a sudden I had a clarity and an ability to articulate what was happening. And I was, so it just gave me this information. I thought, oh, that is cool. Now I understand what's happening. And then I had this compulsion to share it. And I was not a public speaker. I did not like speaking in front of a, a group. I didn't like that at all, but there was this compulsion. I had to share it. And so I went back to the group the next month and I shared it. I put together a presentation and I shared it with the group and they loved it. And then the next month I was out on my walk and I got more information and I went and shared it with the group the next month. This happened every month for six months. And by the end of the six months, yeah, everybody. It's amazing. Yes. Everybody was having multi, big shifts in their perspectives of life and how their businesses were evolving. And, and it was beyond anything I'd imagined. So at the end of that six months, I realized I had a book, basically, an information for the public of how we can operate in a way that is powerful and easy. It doesn't have to be hard to, to build a business. It doesn't have to be, life doesn't have to be hard if we understand this formula and it's a formula for creating. And so that's, that's how this, like, that's how it organically came. So you basically had a mastermind without really even knowing that's what you were doing. Yes. And, and that all 
just like you said, very organically. And I think what's so interesting about that concept of surrendering, and if you're somebody out there like rolling your eyes, like, oh, this is so woo-woo, I'll rephrase it into another way. I, f- I feel like when you stop trying to white knuckle grip onto every aspect of life and control it, and you just give yourself space to be, that's when the stuff that you're trying to grasp onto actually comes to you because you've given yourself the ability to to hear and see and take in things that are trying to, to trying to come in and be good for you but we're so busy yeah. trying to control what we think we we should control yeah we can't you know we don't let forest for the trees kind of things well and it's not our fault that we do that that is how we're trained in, in the society that we live exactly. in exactly we're trained to use our minds to make decisions to to make something logical to make sure it makes sense but what I've found in this process that I've gone through is our minds is where the conditions, the conditionings that we've received from society live. And so our minds are not really equipped to be able to make good decisions for us, which sounds very weird. But this is something I got from human design is that our minds are not really designed to make decisions. Our design, our minds are designed to strategize, right, and, and to come up with solutions. But decision comes from a deeper intelligence that's like mine is in my gut. Everybody has a different yeah. way of making decisions based on their human design, but mine's in my gut. So when my gut says yes, I follow it and then things work out. But when my, but there, there, there were times in my experiment where my gut was saying, hell yeah, but my mind was saying, hell no. And, and, and so I had to decide, was I going to go on this experiment or was I going to control it? And I decided to go on the experiment and thank goodness I did because it showed me that life is not what we've been taught. And I think we are that a term of getting in your head. You just mm-hmm. basically defined why that is actually a thing. And I feel like we're our, our, our minds, like you said, are the conditioned areas of our body and are they're really good at turning off the intuition that comes from that gut feeling. I'm going to have to go find it. But I recently, within the last month or so, actually read an article about the scientific connection between your gut and your brain and decision making and how yes. actually your gut is a better decision maker for things. Yes, the gut. We have neurons in our gut. We have neurons in our heart. Neurons are th- are the pieces that process stimulus. And so our gut is receiving information from all around us that our mind's not interpreting it or, or um, interfering with it. It's interfering. Yeah, it doesn't. And when you control, your mind is just trying to drive everything yes. that you've basically cut off all connections to the gut. And that's where you lose the very natural stuff that wants to manifest itself. Yes. You're just getting in your own way. Yes, yes. And we haven't had words for this. We haven't had an education in this. This is really new, groundbreaking, innovative evolutionary information for us that we can now rely on our intuition. We can tap into that and we can tune into it and have access to information that we haven't had in the past. Yep. And it's so true. It's really easy to get into because we, we just, we live in a busy world. And even Mm -hmm. I, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I get into grind mode. You know, if I, Mm -hmm. if I choose to, I've created a really great job for myself and it's easy to just get into that. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, kind of mentality. And it was really funny earlier this week, I was recording another episode of the podcast. And for some reason that conversation was exactly the 
you need to loosen your grip kind of conversation I needed to, to hear to be like, okay, wait, I've had all this stuff rolling around in my intuition that I, I it's time to get started on. Yeah. And so it's not even just listen, just being open to, to and, and listening for it, but then kind of also having the intuition on knowing what to do with it, which is exactly what you did. So tell mm-hmm. us about how all like this all manifested into CEO essentials. So talk to us a little bit about the work yeah. you're doing through your now successful endeavor. Right. And CEO Essentials is just one of the businesses. So during that year of the mastermind with 12, another business was born there with one of the members. We joined up and did a joint venture. It was fantastic. I want to tell a little bit of one story if Go I ahead. can. Okay. You're allowed to talk about whatever you want, Stacey. Okay. I don't know how much time we have, but um, so this is like a perfect example of, of living in this surrendered state. And following your gut. So I got an invitation in 20, it was during this 12 person group where my life was still falling apart and I hadn't quite gotten something new going. And so I was in between and I got an invitation to join this national entrepreneurs club and it was $10,000. And I checked in with my gut and my gut said, yes, do it. And my head fought so hard because $10,000 was a lot of money at that point in time, especially because I didn't have any revenue coming in. So it didn't make sense to my mind, but my gut was lit up. And so I, like I said, making the decision, what am I going to go with? Well, I'm going to go with my gut. So I show up. So I, I wrote the check, send in the money, showed up to the first meeting, which was in North Dakota, had a great time, met some great people, nothing earth shattering, nothing too exact, you know, exciting. Um, then I came home and then I went to another one other meeting in New York. And so they have meetings every month in different places. After the New York meeting, I didn't have, my gut didn't just said no, like no more, don't go. And that was shocking to me because I'd only gone to two meetings. I'd paid for a whole year and that was a lot of money to just have two meetings and not even have anything come out of it. But I was in this experiment. I was going to play it out. So I was like, okay, I just won't go anymore. And so it was hard to talk my mind out of not showing up because I wanted to get my money's worth. Um, So I didn't do that. But about nine months later was when I started this business with this this friend, this acquaintance. We started this new venture and it was bringing new inventions to life. So we have the whole ability to do patent engineering, sales, distribution, manufacturing, anything you need for a new product. And our biggest upfront expense was pat, you know, the patent attorney. And so we decided we'd really like to find a patent attorney that will do it for free in exchange for a partnership, which is really hard to find in, the, in that world, uh, especially for a new venture. So it, but it just so happened that the very first meeting I went to in North Dakota, I sat next to a patent attorney who was an entrepreneur. We hit Which is it like, off. there's exactly one of those in the world. And it was right? the person sitting next to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. We had hit it off and had a great time. And so I called him up and I said, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? And he said, yeah, sounds great. And he, you know, after that time wrote way more patent work than that $10,000 I spent for that membership. And then there were some other people I met in there that also played a role in this new venture. It was just unbelievable how that happened. And what that taught me was that this, there's an intelligence all around us that's guiding us and that's bringing opportunities to us. And when we're in a surrendered state, we can allow it to come in. When we're in the controlling state, we miss opportunity. So if I had been controlling it, I never would have went to that meeting. I never would have joined that club. And I'd probably be paying for a lot of a patent work right now. I'd have to raise money. And, you know, it was, it's just so that it, it told me that it's not a linear process. Oh, that's such a good thing to think about too, because yeah. this is, we were talking about this in a very just straightforward. It's going to be like, I there's, there's lots of 
ups and downs as this is all steering you in the right direction. Right. What's that? You, you all know that little image. We all think mm-hmm. success is a straight line and really it's just, you know, looks like a heart monitor. So, right. um, however, I mean, in addition to just the patent attorney, there's so many other things that came out of that, that mm-hmm. group, I'm sure yes. that have more than paid for itself and really steered. Yeah. So it's an, it's, and that's the gut taken opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So yes, it is woo woo to be surrender. And how do you live in a surrendered state? And all of that stuff is very difficult. But that's why I wrote, I wrote a book. And I talk about human design and I bring the people through this whole process so that they can have their own experiment. Because what the thing I would love to see is to see everybody out there having their own experiment, because we've been trained to be just like everybody else. Right. In this box. Right. You got to fit in. this totally. box. But we were all given a unique gift to bring to the world that only we can bring. And we can't do it based on what everybody's telling us how we should do it. The only way we can truly find that and truly allow it to come out is through an organic process. I, I always love when I talk to somebody and I just, I could just sit here and you could just talk for 40 minutes. It would basically be like the two of us having a conversation because even down to, you know, we joke about the woo woo, but I also love how you have a very like practical and action-based approach to a concept that is a little uh, more ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be hard to grasp, but there, but there is a way to connect those and take something that is like kind of ambiguous and um, in that like holistic sense of surrender and say, okay, wait, how do I, how do I take this and actually apply it to life? And I love that that's, you're kind of almost like a conduit to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I a hundred percent, it's funny when I, I also am, I would say, I didn't realize I was a serial, serial entrepreneur until I became real, like actually full on stepped into entrepreneurship. But I've had a side hustle my entire professional life, whether it was like literally selling bags with a direct sales company or trying to start something of my own. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is when I when I figured out that that was a big part of me and I looked back and picked up on the common theme it really, my, my way of saying it is that I, I realize that we're really accepting of mediocrity in society today. Mm. And I wanted to kind of be a catalyst to helping people realize there was more out there, which is almost exactly that concept of, you know, society wants to keep us in a box. However, mm. we are, we were all given our own unique packaging and yes. really it is our, purpose to go out and use that. And and we're just held back from doing it. Yeah. We're not encouraged to find it, to unpack, to unwrap the gift that we are. How do we do that? Because the society doesn't encourage that. So kudos to you for doing that. And, and likewise. So let's go be, we're going to give everybody out there some courage to do it. So this is perfect. I love, I like how like when organically things go exactly the way I want them to, because (laughs) there's me controlling something, but it's actually working. Um, Let's say somebody's out there and they're in the box and maybe they, maybe they now or had, had up to this point realized they're in the box and they're starting to think they want to do something about it. Maybe you and I are the catalyst we want to be. And they're like, Ooh, I'm in the box. Uh, and, and whether it's like, I'm, you know, I'm stuck and I want to do something that's more me, or maybe they're in a, in, in the thick of a bad experience, the rug's been pulled out. Um, and they really haven't gotten to that point of understanding what kind of lessons, where do they start? What do they do? How do they overcome it? What's the first action somebody takes to 
start overcoming or start start defining that out of the box? Mm, such a good question. And there's so many different facets to that. I would say if we're going to go really super simple, I would say the very first thing to do is, is to say, I am willing to see this differently. I'm willing to see myself differently. I'm willing to see the world differently. I'm willing to see my job differently. I am willing to see it differently and I'm willing to let go of the control. And just in saying that, it shifts something in your field. It shifts something in your mind. It shifts, it allows new information to come in because you become willing and then you can follow that path. And I would encourage anybody to find their human design, get get an initial reading for that, find out who they are, find out their blueprint. How are you designed to make decisions? What are you here to do? And how do you go about doing that according to your human design? And then experiment, 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 experiment. Do you have a good resource for how somebody can get that kind of assessment in addition to the book? I do. I do. Um, So on CEOessentials.net, if you go to the courses tab, there's a whole section on human design. So there's an intro. How do you get your chart? Where do you go to do that? Like everything you need to get your chart and to have some basic information. And then from there, there is a ton of a ton of information out there on the internet. There's people that are blogging about it and doing videos about it. So I did a lot of self-study for human design. And just once I got the initial reading, then I could go out and like Googled certain terms and find more information. So I did a lot of self-study that way, but people can go on my website. There's a lot of other websites out there. There's a ton of people out there that will help guide you through that process. I didn't realize I was asking you for a shameless book. <laughs> I know, and I'm glad. I'm glad you had one. I didn't realize you had one. And we yeah. are going to be sure to, uh, we'll link that in the show notes so that you, yes. everybody can just uh, go directly to that because I'm, I think that's something I'm going to do uh, over the weekend. I feel like, because I think a, a lot of those things can either be very revealing for somebody who just doesn't know where to start. That is yes. a good place. Yes. Or if you already feel like you embrace this kind of like surrender and less control mentality, it can also be, I think, insightful to help you further understand or go to the next level on some things that may have already been revealed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, in a, if I'll do another shameless plug, but I really want people on this path, right? So if you want to jumpstart this and go really head on into your own experiment, I've created the experiment journey. It's a 90 day journey that actually lays out the foundation for you to go out and have your own experiment of unpacking the gift that you are. And it it covers four things. One is the surrender experiment. One is the creation formula. One is human design. And then the, the last one is intentions, using intentions. That's how we can harness the power of our mind to then go and, and create what it is we, our heart's desire is. This is so super cool. The other thing I'll bring in here, and I, if, if any of you out there are the serial uh, No More Mondays listeners, you've heard me say this before. I often think your most successful entrepreneurial endeavor often comes from your very own personal experiences. And this is like textbook example of even down to like a micro level, personal experiences and resources that you've come across and figuring out how to put them together so that somebody else can follow along uh, in a journey that was very, very fruitful for you. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Like use the pain that I went through for so many years to catapult yourself 
now other people can do it without having to go through that hard refinement. It's it's still hard. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie. There's still, you still have to unpack the conditioning and the limiting beliefs and all of that stuff that lives in there. But when you have the foundation of a journey of how to have your own experiment, then it does become a lot easier. And, being and you're doing it intentionally versus being forced on you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, this is so cool. Okay. So we're going to give everybody a little bit more, just some recommendations and stuff, which you've actually given us a few of these already throughout the show, but we're going to get some more, um, okay. cause we play a little game called rapid fire to get some recommendations for everybody. And it's really slow fire. Let's be honest. Cause we're going to yes. probably squirrel on every single one of them. But the first, my first question for you is your most memorable travel destination. Mm, I was, I'm going to say Jamaica. We went to, we had just come off the heels of uh, our second business. And so we had sold that business. It was a successful business, sold that, started the new business with the product-based company and hit every roadblock you can imagine, blew through all the money and just had a really tough go for like five years. We had to start from scratch and build this company. So this is, I didn't even go into that story, Um, but we had gotten to the place where we had finally arrived, arrived. We got a, you know, a million dollar PO from a company and we could finally pay off all the debt, finally get to a place where we could just breathe and not be in survival. And that was one of the first things we did. We went to Jamaica with the kids and the kids were young enough to you know, really enjoy it. And it was a fun time. So I love that most people's travel destinations are not Jamaica because it's beautiful. It is a place that has some sort of sentimental attachment. So I think that's really cool. And we've had a couple book drops all throughout here and uh, we'll be sure to pick them all up and link them. Uh, But I always ask for a great book recommendation. I am going to go with A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, I don't think I've read The New Earth, but I have read The Power of Now, which Mm -hmm. is is very integral to a lot of what you and I have talked about, about just being present. Yes. And and therefore being open to what comes to you. Those are, yes. so Eckhart Tolle, is, that's an excellent recommendation. I don't yeah, know that I that's read, come up on the show yet. Yeah, I started, I read that probably 13 years ago. It was right before, right before the lawsuit. So it was like that, that was like the catalyst that started me to, into my meditation journey. And so then that's when everything started falling apart. But that was a good book that catalyzed my spiritual development. I thought, well, it's really point. funny because, um, I usually say that the, those like the Eckhart Tolle, his books, you have to read them at the right time when you're meant to read them, read them. And isn't that funny? That's exactly when you yeah. picked up new earth. Right. Uh, what's your favorite movie? I, you know, I don't even watch movies that much, but I was listening to your other podcast and, and one of the gentlemen said, uh, the greatest showman. And I a hundred percent love that movie. So I'm going to go with that one too. Okay. It's happy and it's Hugh Jackman. How can it not be great? <laughs> and it's entrepreneurial. <laughs> Exactly. Fallen and cried. I mean, it was a great movie. At a time when that was, well, it was common, but in a way different way than we think about it today. Yeah. Um, And I appreciate you listening to No More Mondays. Thank you. I also usually ask for podcast recommendations. So do you have one to to throw out to everybody out there? Okay, I do. And it's, I listen to podcasts as I need them in my life. Mm -hmm. And so um, the thing I'm working on now is relationships and, um, Oh goodness. What's her name? Jessica De Silva. And she talks about attachment styles. 
I had a lot of trauma growing up. So I had a lot of relationship issues that I needed to unpack. And I just started dating after 10 years of divorce and figured I better unpack those relationships issues before I start doing that. So she's been a wealth of information about relationships and how your history and your trauma impacts your relationships today and how to overcome that and heal from that. So that's where I'm at right now. I love it that those you're kind of always working on one aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just continually, it's like continuous improvement, working yourself forward. So yeah. I got this business thing going great. What's the next area of life I can work on and improve? And it's just uh, a really cool state of, of flow to feel like you're, you're always working on yourself, but not in an overwhelming way, just a very natural, intentional, progressive manner. Yes. I've learned, I've learned to, to pay attention to the cues and take proactive action on working on those things rather than waiting for the, you know, the universe to kick my butt. Yeah, the shoe to drop. I was, t- I would say common themes. I've started yes. paying attention to them. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's good. And of course, this is a show about Mondays. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Oh, I say fresh start. It's a Ooh, fresh why? start to, it's a, it's a, it's a clean canvas. Like you get to start all over every Monday and look at what you have for the week and plan what you want to do and make it happen. It's totally true. I don't know why. And maybe this is like mental conditioning of society. I need to try to work on, but Monday is the start. And for a while, I, co- I I shifted my work week to be Sunday through Thursday. But for some reason, mentally, Monday was always the day I would start something. Like Sunday was still not the beginning of the week. It's energetic. If you think about it, you think about each day of the week has a different energy. It really does. And when you learn about that, then you can actually flow with whatever the day is. So Monday, I usually spend all my Mondays doing admin, accounting, like really structured tasks. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, I go into more creative Thursday. I do more marketing. And then Friday's my relationship day. It's like a day for fun and to connect with other people. And so there is a different energy to each day and you can actually catalog, you can, you can use the energy of the day to be more proactive, more productive. That's a really cool way to think about it. At one point in time, we used to talk to people about like the habits that they had uh, put into their kind of weeks to make it successful Mm-hmm. And um, we had the, those people who were like, I front load the week because then by the end of the week, I'm not so tired. But if you think about like that, using the energy of each day mm-hmm. in your example, you're giving your day, you're giving yourself a, a day to ease in and get like structured business stuff done to get yourself rolling. And then mm-hmm. you use that momentum to get into like the more creative stuff midweek. And mm-hmm. then as you know, as as the week starts to fall off and you start to get a little bit more fatigued before going into the weekend to re- reset, you have relationship building kind of like mm-hmm. energizing activities. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. I like it. There was a practical piece of advice inside that Monday inspiration, Stacey. That's awesome. And uh, as we start to wrap things up, which I'm kind of sad to do because I feel like there's like 12 other things I want to talk to you about. I want to let everybody out there know how they can tune into you. So we're going to add all of this stuff to the show notes, but just drop your links and, and kind of social. What's the best way for everybody out there to find you, your resources and follow along in your journey? Okay. I would say you can friend me on Facebook. I'm more on Facebook than anything else. Um, Stacy Renee Wright is my name and just connect with me there. I've got some private groups. I've got CEO Essentials is on Facebook as well. So it's CEO Essentials by Stacy Renee. Um, and then Instagram, it's CEO underscore 
essentials. So you can follow along there um, or just the website, ceoessentials.net. Awesome. And I hope all of you will go. I, I'm going to encourage everybody out there to check out the human design piece, at least that Stacy has some resources on, because I think it could be just really eye-opening and inspiring to figure out just what's one small step forward. And as we kind of finalize things, that's that's what we always wrap up with is another gold nugget. So everybody out there has that very practical action of um, human the human design canvas. But I would really love for you to just leave everybody with your number one piece of advice on what they can do. What can our listeners do to get closer to career and life satisfaction? Love themselves more. I feel like I don't even want to dilute that by responding to it, but that's so true. We're not very good at giving ourselves grace. Mm -mm. No. And that is, do you, I don't know if you know Louise Hay. She wrote a bazillion books and did an amazing job changing people's lives. And she, at 87, she was doing an interview and I was watching it. And this was 12 years ago. And she said, you know, I used to have advice for people who were going through career problems. And then I'd have a different piece of advice for people going through relationship problems. And then a different piece of advice when they were having financial issues. She goes, but at 87 and after doing this for so many years, I have one piece of advice for every person, for every situation, no matter what. If you do this one thing, your whole life shifts. And I was sitting at the edge of my seat because I'm like, I've got all those issues and more, please. And she said, if you learn to truly love yourself and care for yourself, everything else shifts. And I immediately, she has the 12 commandments of learning to love yourself. You can Google them and find them online. I printed those out and put, I took her advice to heart and I put those up everywhere in my house, my work, wherever I could see them and committed to incorporating those 12 habits, those 12 uh, commandments. And literally everything started shifting. And, and, and it has been going through all the hard stuff I went through, loving myself through that allowed me to survive it. So I would say if I, if you, cause you asked me for one piece and that was hard. One piece. One piece. I would say that's the most important. I think that's an amazing piece of advice period. Just mm-hmm. love yourself more, give yourself grace. And mm-hmm. through that, you will be able to release some of that control and see what life's blessings have to bring you. Yes. That's beautiful. This has been amazing. I am just, I'm so grateful that you were willing to come here and share your story and that you're willing to just be vulnerable to what quote unquote happened Mm -hmm. and how you've really channeled that to the, to the future. So, uh, you know, we have a, another episode with Jovan Glasgow talking about thriving through adversity And that's a common theme that we are just reinforcing over and over again in a lot of these episodes. And I appreciate you coming and bringing your perspective and joining the No More Mondays movement. Absolutely. And I want to just honor you and tell you, thank you for doing what you're doing. I know this is not easy to do and to be having this message out in the society we live in today. And I also want to say I've been on a lot of podcasts. And I just want to say you, your engagement and your level of questions and, and the research you do beforehand and the preparedness that you bring to your podcast is remarkable. Oh, I appreciate that so much. I didn't pay her to say that, guys. No. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that because, you know, podcasting is this is a lot of work to add to uh, whether you are a guest on a lot or you or you kind of host one. It's a it's a lot of time and energy to put towards, you know, something that is uh, not directly you know, part of like your, your business model necessarily. Monetization. 
Exactly. Exactly. But I love it. I love being able to, uh, you know, build a network and hear these stories because really the goal is to inspire people that, you know, I'm just going to say it. We all go through shit. You can turn it around and make it into something really, really shiny folks. And I'm so glad that Stacy and I got to come together to just reinforce that message. And, and through both of our stories show, yeah. show that. And I just thank you so much. Thank you. You made my week. So uh, we just always love hearing from people who are navigating some really big career and life crossroads and charting new paths to success. And it's a bonus when it's somebody like Stacy who's helping others do the same. So I hope all of you will follow along and really grab the resources she has to offer because there's just some amazing raw advice in this episode. And I hope all of you out there took notes and are going to actually take one of these pieces of advice, put it into action and see where it takes you. Uh, whether it's loving yourself, whether it's the human design piece, or whether it's just changing, uh, making a commitment to changing your perspective, do something to get yourself into a better place in life. And to all of you out there, we would love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a rating because Stacy and I are awesome and because it's a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere through these stories of overcoming. And if you'd like to leave us comments, feedback, or guest suggestions, or grab the show notes and all the links from today's episode, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. And I will see you again next week for another edition of No More Mondays. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget... Visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com.